everybody. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. I am your host, Eliza Kelly, and I am delighted to introduce you guys to my new Taurus queen, Chelsea, who is the owner of Witch Baby Soap, which we all know and love. I think there is a pun in there somewhere, but I don't know. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So um, you are the owner of this incredible, badass, very Venusian company. I am obsessed with watching videos of you in the bath, which <laughs> I guess sounds super, super pervy, but I don't know what else to say. <laughs> you have the most beautiful baths I've ever seen. Thank you. <laughs> so can you tell us, for anyone who's just living, living under a rock, what Witch Baby Soap is? And I guess we'll just start from there and then work our way backwards. Okay, so Witch Baby Soap is a, it's an occult bath and beauty brand. So our products circle around different occult symbolism, magical herbs, uh, crystals. We put a crystal, crystals in a lot of our products. Basically, you use these products in bath magic or beauty magic. So how did it begin? How did Witch Baby Soap, like, tell us the genesis of it. So um, I started in my kitchen. Uh, I had my... Like a good witch does. Yeah. <laughs> my daughter was a baby, and I was home with my da daughter, and I was trying, like, the stay-at-home mom thing, and it just was not working for me. So I started making beauty products because I wanted to stay home with her. I didn't want to go back to work. Um, and my last work situation was an absolute nightmare. So I went into business for myself and started making all of these products in my kitchen. And it just kind of started to blow up um, within just a few months. And we got off of, well, it was just I. I'm so used to saying we now. But there's like 12 of us wow. now. Wow. When I first started it, it it blew up in a short amount of time. I got onto my own website um, within less than six months. I started on Etsy in October of 2013. By April, we had our own website and then a few employees by the end of the year. And it just kind of blew up from there. Wow. So, okay, a couple of questions. One how did you fucking know how to make beauty products in the first place? Well, um, I did go to cosmetology school, so I didn't learn how to make beauty products there, but I was educated about beauty and cosmetics. And I also worked in a salon. So when you work in a salon, you're, you're mixing hair dye and you're doing all these different things. Also, when I was a kid, I was really into making like homemade face masks, hair masks, all that kind of stuff. Um, I used to take all of my mom's stuff and mix it together and try to make my own thing. Back this when I was like a just, little baby just witch. The, the amazing Taurus energy. Like I just am, we stand so hard. I <laughs> I probably gave myself my first pimple at like eight because I was just <laughs> mixing all this shit together, like putting it on my face. <laughs> And I used to, I was just obsessed with beauty and cosmetics basically for my whole life. Like I used to cut out all of the pictures in like Seventeen magazine when I was a kid and make collages on my wall of beauty. And that's probably also how I got into like astrology and witchcraft too was through, you know, reading all of those magazines back in the day. Yeah. The 90s, 90s witch culture was like legit the best yeah it's basically how i learned how to lucid dream as a kid yeah i mean it's i that's an interesting i mean i just happened to look at your birth chart i see your leo rising capricorn moon we love it um and i also saw that you and i are born within a year from each other so we grew up with very much the same like iconography the same literature and yeah, I mean, I remember as a kid, I have this vivid, vivid memory of walking outside of my apartment building as a kid. And there was this girl who was passing and she was like in classic 90s goth, mm -hmm. like v looked like Nancy from the craft yeah. where all black, like 
pasty white caked on makeup with like black lipstick, black eyeliner, jet black hair, and a purple polka dot umbrella, like lavender purple. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at her and being like, I want to be that person so badly. And I honestly feel like I can, I can track my interest in occultism uh, and to the sort of the stylistic qualities of it from that moment. I must have been like five yeah. when I saw her. Yeah. Well, um, I grew up kind of like in 90s counterculture almost because my mom worked in a go-go bar. When oh, I was that's a kid. so cool. So I was around all of these like very um, like loud, non-conforming women when I was a child, like, you know, bisexual women, um, women who wore leather jackets and swore a lot, and they would all, you know, they were all kind of witchy too. I think that there were just a lot more countercultures in the 90s. Yeah. And probably throughout time prior to the internet. Yeah. I, I mean, I I think that, I remember I, I grew up here in New York City and I would I would go into the, like each neighborhood almost was its own counterculture. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, when you would bop from like the East Village to Greenwich Village, um, there were these weird like literary pockets on the Upper West Side. And like when you'd go there, every it would seem like, oh, wow, this is like a community of interesting people who are like look different act different and have their own language and i guess one of the tragedies of the internet is that it sort of i don't know robbed it the counter yeah right it equalizes which has a positive but then also we lose the magic of that that's very interesting because like when i was a kid um so i grew up at like the jersey shore well, you know, I love that TV show. So yeah, I'm actually, a, I'm a yeah, big fan. I, one of them was on my soccer team as, in middle school. Which one? Sam is sweetheart. No. She is a sweetheart in real life. She's very She's nice. a Pisces. Yeah, she was on my, she was the coach of my soccer team oh in my middle God. school. But we, when I, my dad lives in North Carolina. So he moved there when I was six. And I went to camp in the South. And, that's when I learned, like, not everybody in one place is one way. Because mm. I was rocking my, like, 90s dark, dark green, almost black nail polish. Oh, I love that color. Yeah, my mom bought it for me. It was from Revlon. And I was like, I'm going to be the coolest kid at camp, putting it on. And then I got to camp in the deep south in the 90s. And they were like, that means you worship the devil. Oh, yeah, because we have uh, the satanic panic of that time, too. In the 80s and early 90s, the reaction to all of the witchcraft and um, sort of like spiritual revival was called the, I think it was called the satanic panic. And it was the... It was when everybody started being like, if you listen to Ozzy Osbourne's mm-hmm. album backwards, there's messages from yeah, or the like devil. Pink Floyd <laughs> and you match it up with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but it was the strangest thing to me because I was like, what? My mom bought me this. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, are you? You? what are you even talking about? And it was just like a very Wednesday Adams family values moment <laughs> for me. Where I thought this was like totally normal. Everybody in New Jersey was wearing this nail polish, and then I was was thrown into this deep south. It's like where I first learned about the apocalypse. It was just a total <laughs> different culture, and that was just so like mind blowing to me. So, how did it come to be that you then, after the apocalypse of twenty twelve? uh started your started your company and how and like were you practicing witchcraft continuously throughout this time from the green nail polish days to into your 20s so it kind of just like ebbed and flowed usually um i would turn to witchcraft when i kind of like most needed it sometimes of course you know 
you get involved into a volatile music scene and don't do a lot of witchcraft. But I've always been to like, <laughs> of course, <laughs> spooky things and like ghost hunting. I didn't see a therapist. I went to a psychic, you know, like that was my way of coping with these situations. Um, I've always used intention uh, just naturally. Um, I've always like manifested in a specific way of just believing if I could do it, then it's already done, you know? When I was a young adult, I really leaned into it hard because I was healing a lot of PTSD from being in, you know, said volatile music scene full of, you know, terrible men <laughs> and so I had a lot of fucking trauma to heal so I really did a hard lean into not only witchcraft but I went to college for alternative medicine so I was doing like you know chakra balancing uh, reiki uh, kundalini yoga herbology feng shui meditation just anything that I could to figure out how to heal myself. And then I just realized but that both of those paths are basically the same mm -hmm. thing, witchcraft and holistic healing. And I kind of just brought them together. So I started talking about making cosmetics when I was in college. Um, and I kind of just like kept it to myself for a few years. I'm not one of those people that when I get an idea, I have to do it immediately or else I feel like it's not going to happen. I just get the idea and then I'm like, when the time is right, this thing is going to happen. So eventually it did manifest. And the perfect circumstance for that was when I was home with Gia. So I just kind of started getting to work. And all of these other tragic events had to happen before that. Like I got fired from my job while I was pregnant. I had to go on food stamps. I had a get wick um I, I really hate when people speak poorly about people who have to take public aid because it's not easy to be in the food store and be judged when you're like with your baby yeah for swiping sure. your food stamps card yeah i i i grew up on food stamps too yeah so um it was like rock bottom very like tower moment you know and even just like getting wick is a very like dehumanizing experience. So you have to like go to this office and they have to take your blood and you have to like breastfeed in front of a stranger. Oh my God. Yeah, it's just like this very dehumanizing experience to go through. So after that, I was like, I'm never fucking working for anybody else ever again because, you know, I realized how terrible pregnant women are treated in the workplace. And uh, I just decided to be my own boss. So how so at that point you were pregnant, then you had this baby and you were like at home. Were you did you have a partner at this time? I do. Um, so so I've been with my, uh, we actually just got married, but. Mazel tov. <laughs> Thank you. We've been together for 13 years. Um, we just got married last year. We had like a New Orleans wedding with a ghost tour and <sighs> a haunted restaurant with the parade and everything. It was pretty magical. So they get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's. um. He totally gets it. He's a Scorpio. I was going to ask if he's a Scorpio. Yeah. He's That's a Scorpio so with a Taurus moon. Oh, my God. Beautiful. But then like Gemini. Right? That's OK. You yeah. have Venus conjunct Chiron. I have a bunch your, of Gemini placements, yeah, too. In Gemini. He's your healer. Yeah. In the, in the 11th house. Yeah. So he was really supportive. Well, we've we've been on this like actually really beautiful healing journey together because he has a lot of like childhood trauma too we come from the same volatile music scene um we've been friends we were friends before we started dating for a few years and then when we started dating we kind of just like started dating and moved in with each other the same day wow. and we've been together ever since so that's really lovely 
do you feel well when was he working while you were building which baby i would imagine that he was very as he falls in your 11th house i would imagine that he was very supportive yeah yeah so he actually um gave me my the first 500 dollars for my insurance to get the business started um i don't think he anticipated that this is where it's gonna go now we work together so uh, he works on the company too. Yeah. So he quit his job because I needed help, and I and I knew I can trust him to you know help me manage the day to day operations while I was home doing all the creative work with our watching our daughter. Um, we didn't put her in preschool. We like home preschooled. Uh, originally, I wanted to homeschool entirely, but. She's very social and she also thinks I'm full of crap. So, <laughs> but yeah, so he was very supportive. I got to stay home with my daughter. I got all the things that I wanted out of the situation. Yeah, he's very supportive. And and as you guys, so sort of bouncing around time, you guys started. You opened your shop on Etsy, then you started to find that you were growing, and then you started employing people. You opened your own website. Now you have a retail location. Mm-hmm. It's crazy shit. How do you, who's, who's giving you advice? How, are you just following your instinct? Or like, how do you make these business decisions? Well, um, th- I think that's one nice thing about having my partner in business also be my romantic partner is that we can get into really heated debates about what direction we need to take stuff at the company. And then at the end of the day, we know we're both working for the greater good of our family and get over it instead of holding resentments in business. Um, And then also I listen to like a lot of podcasts about business just because I uh, didn't major in business i went to the most like woo woo hippie healing college that you could possibly go to where like we even tried to do um psychic experiments and stuff like that how did they go Uh, we we did a um like a psychometry thing in one of my classes where we all swapped objects and we tried to like see what information we could pick up off of these objects. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, it was it was a really interesting experience, but obviously um, does not come with a lot of business <laughs> information. Right, normal business. Yeah, so um, actually that's been one of the hardest parts of the business is trying to be more business-minded when my head's kind of just like in the clouds. So that's really where Joe comes in because he's a lot more practical than I am. Um, His moon is in Taurus, as I said before. So he's like very stable and practical. And I'm like, woo, you know, time isn't real. (laughs) (laughs) So he he, um, grounds me in that aspect. And also, yeah, just lots of podcasts, lots of books. It's been a learning curve. What was it like to... What was the decision to open a brick and mortar spot? Um, so I did that for multiple reasons. Uh, a lot of people were asking us to start a brick and mortar spot. We have been working in the tri-state area doing events for many years, and it ju- we just we've grown our following in this area to the point where we needed one. That's the first thing. Second thing is I just don't want to rely on social media or email advertising or the internet to be my only source of income. Yes. Because with the way that algorithms go or the the power that these social media sites yield, um, they could take away your business in an instant. In an instant. Yes. I... I think that it is so deeply important that people remember that you don't own the shit that you put on social media, which Mm -hmm. includes your business. Yeah. So it's uh, if you're building your entire business off of a platform like Instagram, remember that Instagrams can change its terms and services as they very likely will Mm -hmm. to not support. Uh, you know, t- for n- to not just be a funnel and a platform for people to make money off, 
Instagram is absolutely going to start trying to get a percentage of what people yield. Yeah, I mean, they already kind of do that. Like, uh, before holidays, they slash your engagement. That's one thing I've noticed is like two weeks leading up to holidays, they will slash our engagement. And it basically comes to a crawl because they want you to pay advertising dollars to reach the audience that you built. Ooh, I just got nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> and any platform's gonna do that. Right. Like, and if they don't do it now, they're gonna do it eventually. And then another platform's gonna come along and you have to go on that platform. I know what we're both thinking. Yeah. TikTok. <laughs> so so that's where I'm at now. And uh So know. now I hang out on TikTok. Yeah. It's interesting because I am I am now on TikTok. Uh, which I feel like I still am trying to figure out how to say that in a non embar uh, in a not embarrassing way. Honestly, I feel like when I was in college, and the year was two thousand and eight, and suddenly I'm getting friend requests from like my weird uncle who I haven't seen since I was seven years old on Facebook, yeah. and and then suddenly it's like the boomers took over mm -hmm. i feel i feel like that to tiktok i feel a little invasive coming in i feel like the kid who was on facebook who's like dad get off i feel like <laughs> that's all how you look at it. i know i have to change my perspective but i hope that the kids don't see me like that hey, you just have to be yourself that's the thing on the the platform you're a mom so you know how to deal with kids more than i have interaction with them i really feel like like I legit got into got into like a commenting war with someone yeah. and I looked at their profile and they were like 11 yeah <laughs> Tennessee and I was like oh my god I think that's the great part of, you know what I love about TikTok is um there are so many kids on it there are so many teenagers well first of all 11 year olds I don't think should be on t TikTok as a mom the terms of service say 13 and older this was an 11 year old and it was so depressing I just I, and I'm sorry if you're from TikTok and you're listening to this I only care about your welfare um because I I think I do have some like younger fans on TikTok first of all so you should be over 13 if you're on TikTok um <laughs> Second of all, I really love it. I'm really loving it because I feel like teenagers and young people have been missing from social media. They have. Have been missing. Well, they're obviously not on Facebook because, like, they don't want to talk to their weird uncle about, like, <laughs> fake news. And <laughs> so real. <laughs> and then they're not on Instagram because, like, they don't have a professional photographer. <laughs> you know, maybe they're not good at making memes or whatever. I don't know. But they're not on Instagram. Also, all of their parents are probably also on Instagram. Right. I mean, Instagram is not for them. Yeah. So this is more of like a private, not private, it's like things go viral like that. But it's it's a little more geared towards their generation. And the whole tone is their tone. Like Gen Z set the stage and they are controlling the conversation on that platform. So I think it's really, really interesting and it's really enlightening to see how teenagers and younger people are living and the struggles that they're going through because that voice has been completely absent from Instagram, from Facebook. And you have a lot of people who find these generational gaps, especially between the millennials and the boomers. I feel like TikTok is a very... It's a great opportunity for millennials and Gen Z to build relationships where we're not like, Gen Z ruined napkins. <laughs> you know, like, I never want to be like that person. I don't wanna... Gen Z took away my straws. <laughs> Gen Z is broke because of avocados. Like, I don't want to be there with Gen Z. Mm -hmm. And it, it sucked to be a millennial online with the, like, boomer millennial war that ensued for maybe like what a decade it felt like i think it's great i love you basically just have to be yourself there's old there's old people like i'm not coming from a judgmental perspective but there are like women in their 80s on tiktok well that's cool getting clout 
it's great and they're just being themselves and like making funny jokes you know i feel like as long as you are yourself that's cool i mean that's so different from the instagram rhetoric yeah which is like maybe the antithesis of that which is like don't be yourself Mm -hmm. um be the most curated version of some shell of your person yeah says instagram yeah well, the, you know, th- on TikTok, the guy who owns the Weave store goes viral just dancing to this one song. I don't know if you've seen him on your No, where you send pa- it to me. Yes. <laughs> he, every time he comes up, I comment, I'm like, so happy to see you on my For You page, man. <laughs> but um, he, he's always on there. There's like uh, people who do skits from working at gas stations. So it's not like influencers on tiktok where you have to be like i live my whole life on vacation right i'm just live. i manifested this reality i'm living my best life you know they're like um here's a bunch of cigarettes behind me i'm still living my best life it's well i have found in my short time on tiktok that it's actually like i feel very creative on it yeah um, I feel like there's a lot more room to play mm-hmm. and maybe this is your Leo rising and my Leo sun mm-hmm. or something, but it's like, I, I just, I feel like it's, um, allowing me to sort of get back into my childlike state yeah, of mind for sure. in a way that Instagram is so serious. Facebook is so creepy. I have, do not try. I try to use Facebook, the proper Facebook, as little as possible because mm-hmm. you're right. It's all fake news at this point. Yeah. And it's all like somebody being like, I'm here to complain about the Trader Joe's experience I had. Well, <laughs> yeah, like, no, it's exactly cares. like that. I've ac- <laughs> I actually found out about uh, TikTok because I'm, I'm in a Facebook. I most of my Facebook stuff is like parenting stuff because you know why wouldn't it be <laughs> parent groups uh like for the school are on Facebook of course so I have to be on Facebook to know what's going on so I'm also in this parenting in a tech world group which is like a like a black hole <laughs> <laughs> it just that's how I found out about TikTok because a lot of parents were complaining about their kids being on TikTok. And you were like, let me get on this. So <laughs> I was naturally like, this is the next big thing. I got to check this out. You know, this is like Snapchat. Um, so which I totally missed the boat on me Snapchat. Me too. I don't too. get it. I, I think that they but I think that they kind of fucked up somewhere objectively. I agree. Well, also, they, they kind of got crushed by Facebook taking over the story feature. Right. So I saw um, TikTok on parenting in a tech world and people are like just slamming it. And I was like, well, if this is this controversial, I need to check this out. And then I just got sucked into it, like completely sucked into it. But also it totally invigorated the social media aspect of my my job because it is really hard to continuously post to a platform that is working against you as a business um, and feel like you're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. So it's really struggling with Instagram and how my posts used to perform versus how they perform now. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know how this is going. What year do you think that this change happened? Or, Or when Instagram started like blocking engagement for you? So it's been gradual. It's when they announced um, that they weren't going to do a chronological feed anymore. That was a that was a big change, but that wasn't a huge change. They were like, "We're going to change it, but it won't be that bad." And it wasn't that bad at first. And then wait, that was like twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. I don't even remember. Who the fuck knows point. what time is? It's like yeah. <laughs> what year is it? Yeah, I think about how long I've been on Instagram and it's basically my daughter's whole life now. So scary. Yeah, I just did I just saw that like the I don't know, time travel or whatever it's called and I went back to it took me back 7 years from when I took a screenshot of me talking to my friend who lives in Germany and I was like me in Bushwick, her in Leipzig. Like <laughs> 
we're connected through technology I hashtag know. skype that was the type of content i was making just seven years ago yeah. hashtag skype it's like you look back <laughs> and you're like this is archaic yeah mortifying like yeah. that blew my mind come on like you still used instagram filters definitely <laughs> i put a filter on a on a filter i filtered a filter mm -hmm. in order to like really make so I don't know an effect yeah I'm not sure a hashtag Skype effect what did I think I was going to get with hashtag Skype I don't know <laughs> yeah it's I, it's like those some people will write you know they're new to Instagram when they write in all hashtags so they write it's like creeps me out so much I hashtag went hashtag to or I hashtag <laughs> went to the hashtag store and bought some hashtag books <laughs> you know like when i see that i'm like oh but i also feel like on tiktok so i feel like the hashtag is it's still relevant but also i feel like on tiktok sometimes hashtags look a little thirsty yeah i mean i think that hashtags in general look really creepy yeah i i use them because uh because people tell me to, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I try to uh, be very thoughtful. You do have to be thoughtful because misuse of hashtags can actually get you shadow banned. What I've heard of shadow banned have what are the shadow ban experiences? Uh, so you can get shadow banned really on any platform. You can get shadow banned on Instagram. Can you get shadow banned on TikTok? Yes. What? <laughs> I thought that TikTok was a free for all. No, you can totally get. Well, I don't. I don't know. Sorry, TikTok. If uh... <laughs> TikTok call us, <laughs> uh, duet us. So, so shadow ban. Shadow banning is basically uh, a way of filtering out spam. Oh, and if they see too many hashtags, they think you're spam. Yeah. So, and the hashtag is supposed to be used to categorize. So, if you do use a hashtag, you want to use like a hashtag mindfully. You're going to want to use, like, if this video is specifically about witchcraft, you're going to want to use witchcraft-related hashtags. You don't want to use, like, you know, uh, I, can't, I can't think of another hashtag. Boats. New York City, yeah. <laughs> hashtag boats. <laughs> um, when you're talking about witchcraft. Hashtag avocado toast. Yeah, because you're you're going to mess up the flow of that hashtag it's supposed to be an organizer like the dewey decimal of the internet you know blew my mind yeah so you want to use hashtags appropriately and when you don't use them uh appropriately and you end up in a category with your video that's not the category it fits in then you risk being shadow banned because you look like spam makes sense you know or if you use a hashtag that people typically post spam or like illicit stuff to um, or like hot button issues that you don't realize that hashtag is code word for. Like, remember the controversy about hashtag goddess? No. So <laughs> on Instagram, uh, maybe like five years ago, the hashtag goddess was completely blocked from the platform because people were using it for like porn. <laughs> so if you used hashtag goddess, you risked being shadow banned because they thought you were like a porn account on Instagram. Interesting. Yeah. Is there like a list where it's like, these are the problematic hashtags of the week? I don't know if there's a list out there. Um, there probably is a list somewhere. But you kind of have to also use your intuition with these things. Um, and also check your hashtags. If it's a hashtag that you're browsing often, then use it. Because then you're appealing to basically you. Do you use has Do you browse through hashtags? I do. I use hashtags a lot. I'm like a internet nerd from way back so <laughs> i like hashtags it's a good way of finding out um finding the community on a platform like the first hashtag that i went to on tiktok was witchcraft um there's a hashtag for witches on tiktok it's called witch talk hashtag witch talk so it's like a fate a, a safe 
hashtag to use on that platform. So you'll know like what hashtags you're using in your community. You should just use those, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then other content that, you know, maybe is outside of your community, like you're just trying to show um, some other aspect. You don't really need to use a hashtag for those videos, in my opinion. Right. You know? Like if it's personal content, I'll use the hashtag vlog. If I make a video log on. that, Yeah, because that's a vlog. Yeah. That's a very, that's a good tip. That's a good just like best practice yeah it also of, of like TikTok. you know reduces your risk of getting harassed so if if you're po- posting like politically charged content um about a specific topic i wouldn't recommend hashtagging the thing that you're complaining about <laughs> in mm-hmm. your video mm-hmm. because then you're going to reach the people that you're complaining about I learned that lesson the hard way. Yeah. Um, and I actually don't think that I have had a chance to share this experience on Stars Like Us yet. I made a meme, as I do, mm-hmm. and it was a picture of Trump and Boris Johnson, and the meme said something like, when you fit, find out the meaning of your evil twin or something. Yeah. Some, it w- worded better than mm-hmm. that. Um. And I put my standard hashtags, which is hashtag astrology, hashtag astrology meme, hashtag astro meme. And then the next two is where I get, I'll either do like Aquarius, hashtag Aquarius season, or, and then I'll do maybe one that's more specific mm-hmm. to whatever that content is. And in this case, it was like Capricorn season. So it's hashtag Capricorn season, hashtag Brexit. That's what it was. Yeah. I did hashtag Brexit. <laughs> girl it was a disaster oh my god i can imagine suddenly like uh i was getting tons of comments it like pro-trump comments well there's bots and they were bots because there was one in particular so i was looking at these and i was like how did they even find my page and then i was like dumbass you fucking hashtag brexit obviously Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. they found your page and one of them i clicked on it was like you know trump 2020 whatever and i i looked at this woman's profile and this person was listed as an astrologer and i think i remember you posting about that yes i posted about this on twitter and like a spiritualist and they had maybe 60 or 70 posts on their grid that were like chakra balancing but Mm -hmm. they were all um like stock images you know like they were clearly just repurposed um so i commented and i was like how could you call yourself an astrologer and say something like this because i care because i can't control myself and it wouldn't post because it was gone and then i refreshed and all of the comments were gone Mm -hmm. including this astrologer trump 2020 and that's when i realized that all of these fake accounts are being created posing as astrologers or witchcraft mm-hmm. people because the data analytics companies like Cambridge Analytica know that it's trending right now yeah and well, know that the young baby voters who are 18 and voting for the first time are into this mm-hmm. so they are creating fake accounts around the spiritual movement Mm -hmm. and it was just the very next day that uh another meme that i made of miley cyrus smoking a blunt and it said like eclipse season on it uh was reposted by an account called redneck astrologer um and the bio said what do the southern states have to say about the stars? And I was like, this isn't real. <laughs> there is no way that this is real. Yeah. This is not from like this this there there is no person behind this. This is a company's account, a hundred gazillion percent. Yeah, like an like I don't know, like an AI generated yes. version of an yes. astrology account. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That is skewed, that is going to um populate itself with memes. Yeah, build a following and then do the bait and switch and it's probably going to be in the form of whatever two democratic candidates it comes down to pushing them against each other to try to break apart the democratic party to make them sort of hate each other internally Uh 
and then uh, direct people to vote for Trump. You know, that's the one thing. <laughs> Just cash. Yeah. No, that's the one thing is that people really should understand the ins and outs of social media, even if they're not using it for business, because um, the new propaganda doesn't get pushed through newspapers and on billboards and new propaganda is push through social media so if you have like a really good working understanding of how social media works how it operates what the algorithm is like i have a lot of gemini placements and i really love just gemini in your 11th yeah so that's gonna really show us that you love it i really love like seeing what the conversation is seeing how the algorithm works what's getting pushed what's not i like to read the comments um and so if you understand how these systems work in technology, then you're going to have a better understanding of how they're being used to manipulate you because they are. Like, I don't know. Some people right now were probably children who are listening to this when Facebook did an experiment on people and tried to make them sad and depressed um, just to see if they could. <laughs> and guess what? It worked. So you have to, you know, know this, know that if you if you engage with a certain type of content, it might not even be intentional. But if you're engaging with depressing content, you're going to get more depressing content on your feed. It's it's really interesting because it's like the manifestation. It's like a physical manifestation of law of attraction, the Internet. I think it's very interesting that the internet is like a physical manifestation of uh, not only just like it's it's not only a physical manifestation of the law of attraction, but it's also a physical manifestation of consciousness. You know, it's the first time in human history where consciousness consciousness is live streamed daily. That's that's a wild way of framing it, but it is a hundred percent true. Yeah. So. Um, so you just just like figuring out how your brain works, you also have to figure out how the internet works and how it mirrors your brain. Yes, and yeah. then your brain, of course, mirrors the internet. So it's exactly just this infinite loop of responsibility. Yeah. So you have to know what negative self talk looks like on the internet. You know, not just in your brain. Now you got to go a step further, and you have to be able to recognize the negative self talk of the internet. Um, the mute button is your best friend. Like you don't have to block every single person or like burn every bridge, but you can mute those negative influences. Like say you have a, a friend who's just like always complaining that you really like in real life or you have a lot of history together, but you don't want to be like, fuck you, bye forever. Because, you know, people take that shit seriously. Cause... Right. It's a real thing. Yeah. So just use the mute button for those types of people. But also, you know, it's just it's just so interesting to conceptualize the internet um i was having this conversation with my husband actually about like where the internet is at if you think about it it's really just about as old as we are Mm -hmm. so you know we're we're in this like stage of our life where we're like getting you know woke figuring shit out putting money in our bank account the internet's kind of the same way i mean we started with hamster dance and cat memes and we were in this juvenile state of the internet and then we had all like i think the rise of the social justice warrior is like coming out of that juvenile state of the internet and figuring out what our what our collective opinions are as a as a collective consciousness so going from you know we all fucking agreed cats are cute can we move on right and now we're like and that's also one of the interesting things about tiktok too is that it's structured around young people who didn't have live journal Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. there wasn't like we have evolved with the internet and i had i had a blurdy i had a live journal Mm -hmm. i had a friendster i had friendster too i had myspace not everybody had a friendster i I was out there with the friend i had mad red hair uh what i don't know mad red hair i had mad red hair i had lipstick party i was on a message board called lipstick oh i don't know i wasn't a message board person i'm a total nerd but i was deep deep embedded in the the blog space mm-hmm. like my live journal i actually bought the handle from somebody which i i had a flashback because some cute kid sent me a message on uh instagram being like hey would you sell your instagram or tiktok name 
because I got verified on it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, what a cutie. And then I was like, actually, I legit think I did something kind of similar when I got my That's really live funny. journal. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that I, you couldn't, you had to get it with a code at one point. And yeah, I don't even remember. Yes, it was something where it was like, <laughs> some coveted thing I wanted to get and I think I bought like yeah I like saved up my lunch money and bought it from somebody so to funny. hand to somebody else an early entrepreneur <laughs> yeah exactly like if you had a Trade live journal deals. it's for real <laughs> like everybody who I know that was like really really invested in live journal is pretty much an entrepreneur now that's fascinating but growing up with that and having these spaces of like what music are you listening to mood story narrative i definitely think has informed the way that we use instagram bitches be out there with their fucking long ass comments and the yeah. captions and that's not how tiktok is at all yeah in fact the first tiktok video i made i didn't know how it was going to show up on the screen mm -hmm. so i just wrote like an instagram size caption and it took over the entire page yeah and the only comment i got on it was like this isn't how you use it. I that's actually one of my favorite things. I love watching people come to the platform for and make their first videos <laughs> engaging as if it's like Instagram. Yeah, totally different. It's like so interesting and humorous to me just because it's like you got to figure out this whole new lingo and uh these new like social norms on this platform. And also, I noticed that the witchcraft community on the on TikTok is so different than the witchcraft community on Instagram. What would you say the differences are? The kids on TikTok and the adults on even the adults on TikTok. A lot of the witch community there are lots of adults are kind of more classic, like old school witchcraft, kind of like how it was when we grew up. There's Dianic Wiccans and the. The big topics we're talking about on TikTok are fairies, you know? Yeah, I was actually, I noticed, I didn't put it into that. I, I, I couldn't quite figure out what I was noticing, but I found, I've been finding it very interesting that th there's all of this sort of like mythological reference mm -hmm. on, uh, I mean, I, I'm an art history nerd. So for me, I'm like, oh my God, you guys are talking about like these Greco-Roman cults. Like, yeah. oh, hello, yeah. yes, friends. Yeah. But it's not aesthetic yeah in the same way there are aesthetic things involved and there are aesthetic videos but there's also like general general learning not just in the witchcraft community but there's like chemistry teachers on tiktok there's nurses you know obgyns yeah teaching kids about that's, that for some reason that's now a big part of my for you page is doctors on tiktok yeah just <laughs> giving out info that maybe they're not getting from their school because of you know poor education standards or whatever so i think you know in some ways the internet gives itself what it needs sometimes and right now in a world where there's like all of this fakeness, TikTok has kind of come in and given the normal person a voice. Of course, that's subject to change as with any platform. Of course, and it will change. But at this moment, January 2020, where it stands. Yeah. So just circling back to, to the, the consciousness of the internet, um, I think that right now we're coming out of like our young, early young adult age on the internet. Because like I said, the internet's basically just about as old as we are. Um, so it just came out of like the early adult and it's like what we're deciding what we all as a collective agree with. Like this is fucked up to do to a person. Respect people's pronouns, like all of this kind of stuff. And that's why people who don't engage in the Internet are getting left behind in these conversations. Right. Nor do they understand them. And also they feel defensive about them because they didn't participate in the conversation. It's like somebody right, had the conversation right, right. when they weren't in the room. Right. So they don't understand all of the feelings that people express. They don't ex understand the way it was hashed out for the period of time that it was hashed out on the internet. So we're, we're deciding right now the important issues, not like if cats are cute or like is hamster dance funny or Homestar yes. Runner, you know? <laughs> we're like, we're onto the important topics as the, as the brain of the internet is now a young adult. Um, do I think it'll come to a more like reformed space eventually? Yeah, I mean, it'll probably have a 401k and stability eventually. But right now it's just kind of like working through all these internal issues everybody's deciding what's fucked up what's not fucked up 
what we're going to agree with. And then once we decide all that stuff, it'll be an interesting place to see where the internet goes. For sure. That's really well said. I think that that's a very helpful analogy for people to also know why it's important um, that these platforms exist and being conscious of them is not Mm -hmm. an issue. Because I know that there is also the reaction against everything, which is like I am deleting all of my social media presence. I never threaten that personally because I feel I don't feel like I use it irresponsibly. Yeah, I it could definitely be you know people have to go cold turkey. I get it if if it's gone too far, but but really what that indicates is not this is not the social media's problem. Yeah, it's an internal problem. If you can't like you wouldn't go to a public place and start just yelling at random strangers. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like we've already worked out these things in person. We already have our societal norms in person. Um, I don't know why people think online that you just have to throw all those things out the fucking window, but they do the same thing. I see the same thing as a parent. Like, you know, some people think, oh, your kid gets to a certain age, just hand them a phone and don't guide them at all. And then they're like, why did this happen? Why right. did, you know, uh, my kid go on Omegle and like see this, all this disgusting shit. And it's like, because you didn't show them how to be a person on the internet, first of all, that's like the most important thing that you need to do. Like, you're not going to be like, oh yeah, just go wander outside and wander wherever the fuck you right, wander. And show everybody your dick. I'm yeah, like, like <laughs> you're good to go. You have to do the same hand-holding right. online that you have to do with your kid in real life. Right. And for some reason, I think it is because the internet takes on that like consciousness aspect. So people act like it's really their fucking brain, you right. know? Well, in a way, it is. I remember when I was in, uh, in college, I had a friend... Um, Shout out to Alistair out there. He was like a philosophy and cognitive science major. And his thesis was on the fusion of basically our minds and our phones. Mm -hmm. So when we lose our phone, we basically lose our mind because we're no longer using our minds as the spaces to store Mm -hmm. information. We have external minds now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like our hard drive. Exactly. So like our brain does different. We, We look to our brain and our consciousness for different things now than uh, our species did pre-phone, mm-hmm. you know, pre-smartphone, mm-hmm. um, which is wild, especially because we saw that change. You know, boomers uh, spent the majority of their time having a different type of mind than we have mm-hmm. that we then grew up with as millennials. And then Gen Z never even knew the other one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I really hate when people trash Gen Z because they're like, oh, our childhood was so good because we didn't have phones. And it's like, doesn't fucking matter what your childhood was because this is their childhood and i'm sure it's probably good to them regardless of whether they have phones or not right they're and that's not like, why they hate you <laughs> they're not suffering because they're interacting re- with their surroundings like the way that they are um they're suffering because they have to worry about getting shot at school and they have as much homework now as you do in college you know yeah. like because they're constantly bogged down by academics and activities and like life 360 and people are reading their text messages like back in the day you know when kids like when we passed notes our parents weren't reading our notes and we had private conversations our parents weren't reading them like a lot of people are like my i can't figure out why my childhood my child is miserable and it's like it's because you're reading all their fucking text messages right because they're not allowed to leave their house or when they do leave their house you're micromanaging where they go you're looking at them, stalking them on an app. It's like your interaction with your child and your use of technology to parent your child is not normal. <laughs> totally. And it has nothing to do with somebody being like, your fucking hair is ugly because that shit rolls off. They're going to say that. That's that's they said that when you were a teenager. That's not what we, like other kids are not making your kid depressed, you right. know, micromanaging them. And not giving them a shred of privacy is not only fucking them up, but like in the future, you know, it's setting them up for really, really dangerous relationships. Totally. Where people, where they think that uh, love is control and stalking. That's so true. Yeah. It's crazy. Love as stalking might be the most profound concept uh, on Stars Like Us. That kids are now associating their... um, what their parents are doing and they're as basically being their stalkers to Mm -hmm. their romantic affection that is a that is definitely something to ponder okay there 
this has been one of the most fascinating episodes, I think. I think, I mean, we could literally talk about this shit yeah. for all day. So I guess as a final thought before we get all of your socials, mm-hmm. um, for those who are aspiring professional witches, what would you say like a good action item step is for them to take? Um, well, I think just studying and researching and a lot of people, uh, you need to meditate. <laughs> a lot of people don't put that out there as often, but if you're going to be using your intention, if you're going to be using your mind to create the world around you, then it can't be like a cluttered space, you know, and that's where social media comes into that too and realizing what your influences are. Um, you need to really get in touch with the voices in your head or lack their thereof of voices because I just read an article that apparently not everybody has a running voice in their head. What does that mean? Like, do you have a voice that you like? You hear kind of a voice in your head, like my own voice. Yeah, yeah. Some people don't have a voice in their head. Like they don't have thoughts. No, they like see like images, and like don't have a talking voice in their head. Mm. But um, so it's very important to meditate, and that's one thing I learned in college. Uh, it's just you have to learn to separate those thoughts because they will mess up your magic you know like those anxious thoughts those intruding thoughts or negative self-talk will fuck up your magic so you have to just learn how to see them for what they are and let go of them instead of taking them and running with them and then you know fucking hexing everybody or whatever the fuck you know you have to just be in control of your mind at all times, especially if you just start becoming a magical person. And then you're if you start thinking negatively, you're going to start manifesting negative shit. Yes. I use scent magic a lot and I burn incense a lot mm-hmm. that is very specific for different intentions. And my boyfriend also loves the smell of incense. So mm-hmm. he burns it too. And I'll see him like taking from the jar of like, money draw when he's just cleaning the apartment and i'm like whoa 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 (laughs) what are we doing are we are we thinking about money right now Mm -hmm. or are we just like the way this smells because this is not just for the way it smells yeah we're using this when we are doing intention setting magic work Mm -hmm. so this is you're gonna get the fucking wires crossed if you do it yeah you're gonna be manifesting too much shit and then you're gonna have way too many jobs to do things exactly right if you're cleaning your apartment with money draw then you're going to find that you have just too much stuff that's what how it's gonna turn out so this is why i don't use green candles anymore for money and i only use gold is because every time i use green i find myself too abundant and like my mom just starts bringing shit to my house there's like shit falling out of my cabinets and pouring out of my closets and i'm like super abundant but not prosperous Mm -hmm. so you have to be like very specific about those things specificity is so so key yeah and it's not like you have to like be like at this exact hour you just have to be specific in your mind right yes and sort of think about think through um what your intention is Mm -hmm. recognizing that like there might be other variables along the way you know like if you are writing, you know, if your intention is like, I want to make $10,000, like, just know that when you make something, other things get taken away along the way, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but you have to be mindful of like all of the moving To parts. build on that, sometimes you have to get rid of some stuff to get the $10,000. <laughs> yes. And that might be what happens before you get it. So then you'll be like, oh my God, my spell didn't work. In fact, it backfired, but mm-hmm. it's like, no, it's actually just doing its mm-hmm. thing. But it, you just didn't know it was going to be That's how I get my steps. kid to clean up her toys or get rid of old toys. I'm like, if you throw it out, you have room for new toys. That's true. <laughs> She's like, you're right. It's true. <laughs> so. Yeah. I was definitely a very hoarder kid. Oh, my kid too. Was like, <laughs> but I love that. I cannot get rid of it. Well, now I still am dealing with the, um, with like the after effects of 
of being a hoarder child because I still I have Tamagotchis that I never opened yeah because I was like I'm gonna give them to my kid no and now I, I have all of these fucking unopened Tamagotchis but which is cool but it's also like I live in New York City I have all my Pokemon toys from when I was a kid I have all so. my Pokemon cards still so I still play Pokemon as an adult <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie <laughs> basically we're babies <laughs> yes <laughs> which baby soap ladies and gentlemen yeah <laughs> so where can we find you Okay, um, my personal Instagram, I've been putting this out there lately, is uh, Stay at Home Witch. And then on all the other platforms, Witch Baby is at Witch Baby Soap. So Witch Baby Soap on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, Pinterest, Facebook, all the things. If there's a new Everywhere. thing coming out, you can find us there at And Witch then Baby where can Soap we too. visit you IRL? Oh, um, our store is in Cranford, New Jersey, so it's uh, right next to the train station if you don't drive and you're in New York City. Uh, it's about 20 minutes from the Newark airport so here in New cool. Jersey. So, And is it open Monday through Friday or? All Seven days a week. Holy shit. She killed it. She's <laughs> doing it. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun. Yes. Thank you. 